Black genius is a beautiful thing. You can defeat white supremacy with black genius. Oh, yes, you can. Not this time in the Seattle Foundation is bringing you another special event. It's time for us to save ourselves with that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and through the men who are in our midst guiding us. 750,000 people marched all over the world. We just literally shifted American culture. It's not that I'm anti-immigrant, anti-anything. What I'm saying is I'm talking about pro-black. Nobody talks about what has happened to my generation, our age generation in the 90s, on people who've been locked up in the pen. And if you valued yourself a little more, you would be a little more careful about who you out there sleeping with and who you out there just giving yourself with, knowing you have value and that you're a treasure. Don't miss our third conversation with the streets with our special guest, Brother Ben X, activist and motivational speaker, Tamika Mallory, activist and national chair of the Women's March, Teslin Figaro, Bernie Sanders' former national staffer and current Fox News commentator, and the co-founders of the Not This Time movement, Andre Taylor and Dove, on Wednesday, the 24th of July from 5 to 9 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, Seattle City Hall. Just click the link below and get your tickets now. And we are live. Uh, we live right now with our brother Larry, all the way from Fayetteville, North Carolina, who you guys have been seeing doing great work on social media. Uh, one of my many mentors that I've had on my journey, uh, a brother who has always, you know, given me advice, uh, mentorship, warned me of many things in my growth, and I just want to have him come on today and talk about you know, what Islam has done for him. Uh, many of our brothers and sisters found Islam or found the Nation of Islam in prison. He was one of the brothers who was actually a part of the prison reform. Uh, so I just want the brother to come on as somebody who can just bear witness because it's one thing for us to talk about what the Nation of Islam is doing. It's one thing for us to teach or to spread the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but to have someone who has actually been impacted by the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and now even has his own school, schools, and impacting uh, the youth all around the world, not only just where he's at, but also through his message that, that he also spreads on social media. So, Brother Larry, can you please come on, introduce us to yourself, and kind of tell us your story, brother? Listen, brother, first, I want to thank Allah for the opportunity, brother, to be alive during these times, man. It's a blessing, brother, you know, and I want to thank Allah for you know, bringing you into my life, brother, to give me inspiration as well. You talk about how I've mentored you, brother, but at the same time, you've helped keep me connected to the young minds out here across the world and across the country. So, you know, brother, uh, it's a blessing as well to know you, brother, to meet you. Um, so, you know, I think that's what we, we have to, as those who are my generation, 45, 40 years old, 45, 50 years old, um, you know, you asked the question about what Islam has done for me and who I am, my brother. I mean, there was there was me before Islam and it was me after Islam. And I think that we also have to make it clear that Islam, as taught by the Honorable, you know, Minister Louis Farrakhan, you know, as he learned from his great teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, what Islam has done for me, brother. I'm Brother Larry here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, brother. I was, you know, um, a young man who was excelling in school. Uh, when I was in grade school, I graduated out of 11th grade. Um, by the time I was 15 years old, I was number one fighter in the United States in my weight division in Taekwondo. I was double gold medalist in the Junior Olympics. When you can only win two medals, I got both goals in the Junior Olympics. I trained at the you know, um, Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. By the time I was 15 years old, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, you know, and by the time I was 17, I was in college. At the age of 17 on a college campus, I was made an offer. Thought I was made an offer for somebody from the streets, ended up being somebody from the government. I didn't know that until after I was incarcerated. Um, and then, you know, brother, ended up in federal prison for 10 years out of my life. While I was in school, while I was in college, with aspirations to be a veterinarian, made some bad decisions. And uh, this was way before Islam. And then I went to prison, brother, 
my first three years in prison, I graduated from Shaw University, business administration degree, um, graduated magna cum laude, but that still didn't do nothing for me while I was incarcerated. So then, brother, I was blessed to come across a brother by the name of Kevin X. After hearing Islam and after being exposed to it four years while I was incarcerated, the first four years, I met a beautiful brother, man, who just taught me in the, in the line of the truth of how I needed to hear it. And it's the way I teach it today uh, when I'm coming across social media, when I'm coming across people, you know, but I've also have a universal message. But I normally try to reach people who are a lot like myself. So therefore, I teach it the way it was brought to me which is an unadulterated, you know, uh, unwatered down truth. So that was taught to me, brother. And, and, and from that day forward, brother, I mean, literally from that day forward, it took place on a, at nighttime in a cell block. And brother, from that night, brother, I've never been the same. I had a, I was a brother who had lots to gamble, you know, and uh, I was a hustler, you know, but I was a nerd in school, just keeping it real. I wasn't no real street guy like that, but I knew how to make money. And so, when Islam came into my life, as taught by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, up under his star pupil today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, brother, brother, I can't, I can't explain. You know, I really can't in, in just in just a live video and you know, in a day or two days, brother, it'll take me a life, my own lifetime, because it's constantly, constantly revealing to me what these divine teachings have done for a brother who thought he knew, who thought he had knowledge who thought he was excelling and I wasn't brother, you know, not when now I've come into this truth into my life. So brother, I'm just grateful, man, with these teachings, brother, they've allowed me to see everything, man. You know, everything I'm able to deal with brother is allowed me brother to, you know, to, to grow and to excel way beyond those who don't have or who reject these teachings. And so I look at it, brother, what has it done for me, brother? It has helped me, build relationships, not just with brothers who are FOI or MGT or who are Muslims. It's helped me build relationships with Christians, brothers and sisters who don't have a religion they claim, claim the Pan-Africanists, I mean, uh, the RBGs, I mean, the Black Panthers, uh, with my own people and people who are, you know, friendships in all walks of life, brother. These teachings, brother, have truly civilized me. And when I go places, I can see how it civilized me, brother. So I'm grateful, brother. You know, it's, I can't, I just can't, brother, really, in just a few words, it'll take us going back and forth for me to continue to explain. I'm just overjoyed. 22 years ago, brother, in a prison cell, I was exposed to these teachings, man. And everywhere I go, brother, and even those little children who I teach, who God has blessed me to teach, you know, everywhere we go, brother, people question us. Even yesterday, we were at the pool. And it was Tuesday, actually. And we was at the pool. This brother came up to me, an older brother. He was probably about 65, 70 years old while we were at the pool. And he said, young man. And he called me young man. I'm 46 years old. You see, that's what Islam has done for me, brother. And that's and that's actually what they're saying right now in the comment section. They said, man, how to eat to live works, man. This brother looks young. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, brother. That's what Islam do for you, brother. It lets you, you know, Take the stress that's on your on your back as a black man in this world, brother, and able to channel it properly, man, where it doesn't beat you down, but it lifts you up or beats you up. So this this brother asked me, he said, you know, you walk around this pool, man, like you own this pool. And he said, you know, who are you, man? And I said, brother, I'm just your brother. And uh, he said, no, nah, you know, what's the name of your school? And I said, Bright Your Minds Academy and Bright Your Minds University. He said, man, you know what? I like what you're doing, man. I like what you're doing. And all I was doing was accepting my own and being myself. As these children were in the pool, I wasn't sitting there on my phone all day long. I was really taking responsibility for these children and monitoring and watching them and making sure that they abided by not the pool rules because our rules supersede the pool rules. And so I was monitoring, making sure that they abide by our rules, brother, that we have set at Bright Your Minds Academy, Bright Your Minds University, and everywhere we go, brother, People ask us, you know, who are you? You know, where y'all from? I like your children. And this is Islam, brother. It's peace. You know, on my posts on Facebook, brother, you always see me say peace. You know, when I greet people, peace. You look at Jesus. Jesus always said peace when he came and he said peace when he left. And it's the same way, brother. People take Islam. What has Islam done for you? They think that it's the Dashiki or, you know, the Mishwak or it's the 
you know, the 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 Sunnah or, you know, being able to quote the Quran or speak some Arabic, brother, it's taught me, brother, truly how, how to have peace in my life and then how to emanate that peace to where people would question, ask, how can they have that peace in their life, brother? So, yes, sir. Let me ask you this. Um, when you... You told a story. I believe it was you. Was it you who said that you heard the minister in your ear? Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www whatisabstribe.com www.whatisabstribe.com yes sir brother Go tell us yes, about sir. that story in prison oh my goodness brother yes sir i tell that story brother because it's the truth you know and it's not something that i publicly just put out there but since my brother you know uh asked i have no problem talking about it i just don't volunteer it to everybody but i shared it with you brother ben x because it's the truth and i have a brother to bear witness to it and that's brother kevin who now lives in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and uh, this brother came to me, brother. I was living, I was in FCI Memphis. I had just got put out of a, a prison in Butner Medium. I was at Butner Medium. I had graduated from college. And when I graduated from college with a four-year degree, that decreased because, you know, they do point system. That had decreased my custody level. So they sent me to a low prison, which was a newly built prison, which was literally, brother, just right around i mean you could see it from the prison that i was at but it was just this is when the prison industrial complex was was growing so this is in 1996 when i got transferred to the low i went there didn't make it there for about three four months i ended up you know with a college degree you know ended up hitting somebody in the head with an iron you know and got into a scuffle whatever and bust somebody in the head with an iron and they shipped me there from a, from there i went to atlanta penitentiary holdover from Atlanta Penitentiary holdover, some incidents took place there with me and the guards. And so there, then I got shipped, brother. For those who don't know, they really do have airplanes that land in the prison. They shipped me then to the hospital in uh, in Colorado, I mean, in Oklahoma City. The plane literally lands inside the prison. And then, brother, I mean, it's like a tower. It's like a big old hotel with different tiers, brother. And, I mean, brother, we get out and, brother, they line you up. I went into their brother. I met a brother then. At this time, I've been in prison for four years. And then I went into their brother. I met a brother from Africa. He was a Muslim. And everywhere I normally go, Brother Ben X, even before, you know, I accepted my own and became myself, still my character was that of where elders always kind of probably gravitate towards me, probably like has happened to your life as well. So therefore, an elder from Africa had came and he asked me that I want to be in in his cell block, I went in there. I said, yeah, I'll be a cellie, brother. So we went in there. We became cellies while I was in the holdover. He was a Muslim. He was a Sunni Muslim. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, Muslims, they're going to always teach. And I had no problem with that. I always had an open mind. And so, therefore, I listened to him. And his brother had told me at that time, he said, man, I see something special about you, man. I see something about you. You just remind me of Malcolm X and a combination of Martin Luther King. I don't know. He had a strong accent. And I listened to the brother, and then, you know, we stayed roommates for probably about three or four weeks, and then I got transferred to Memphis, Tennessee, which we call FCI, Federal Correctional Institute in Memphis, Tennessee. I went there, brother, and by this time, the guards, the institutions were then already trying to make things difficult for me, so they put me in a room. I don't know if that's his, uh, I think maybe that's his uh, Wi-Fi. So I'll wait until he gets back in, family. But this is the brother who the minister had met on that video that went viral. Uh, the video went pretty viral. And when he saw the minister, he said, I thank you, brother. 
we saved our life in prison. Uh, so that is Brother Larry, uh, as he just quoted his age, 40 plus years old, but the brother looks like he's 20 years old. Uh, I've been, I've stayed at the brother's home, uh, actually more than once. Uh, he's invited me out to his home. Um, I've seen the work that he has done with the youth and he's inspired by the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So he has an academy, he has a school, and he has influence over the youth in his, in his city. And he has even played my videos, the minister videos at his school while the children are there watching. And so it's just amazing, man, the work that is being done. And it may not be directly the minister because the minister is 86 years old, but the minister is working through us. So what I want to start doing is interview these brothers so guys can understand what's being done that is inspired by the teachers. Okay, there, there he goes. Are you back? There you go, brother. Phone overheated, brother. I guess sitting out here. <laughs> you spit that hot fire on him. We here, brother. So listen, brother. Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, then brothers, I went in there and they put me in a cell with a Cuban brother. And he didn't speak English that well. He was straight from, I mean, I say straight, he'd been here about, probably at that time he had been here about 15 years or 10 years or whatever. And he was incarcerated, older brother. And him and I became roommates and I was getting along with the brother very well. Didn't know that there was a history with this brother. And so a brother by the name of brother Kevin X came up to me about three, four weeks into my time in FCI Memphis, Tennessee in a federal correctional institute. And he asked me, you know, this brother, you look at him, look like a nerd. You know how the teachers make you look like a nerd, brother. You know how that is, man. Make you look like a nerd. He came up to me with a big smile, had a nickname, Hollywood, had a nickname also a smiley. And uh, he came up to me, he said, hey, brother, you know, I know you're living with this Cuban. You know, how's that working out for you? I said, you know, I'm not having any problems. He said, well, you know, a lot of people had a lot of issues with him, man, you know, and they couldn't room with him. They, you know, they get into scuffles with him. I said, you know, I'm getting along with him pretty well. He said, well, you know, I had a roommate. Well, back then they called you know how to cellmate for about seven years. He's getting ready to get out of prison, and uh, you wanted to know if you would like to room with me. And I said, Yeah, you know, I got a little history on a brother. Came back to him and said, Yeah, brother, I'll room with you. I accepted that offer probably in a couple of days. You know, you go through your case managers or whatsoever, brother, and they they made that happen. So we roomed together, brother. It was like my first couple of days, and our first couple of days, our first couple of days, brother, we were together. And the brother started teaching me, man, you know, and he, he started teaching me in a way that nobody else in the Federal Correctional Institute had came at me this particular way. And it was just a straight, I mean, the brother was very knowledgeable. Brother Larry, yes, before, you, before you go off, for some reason, because your phone had paused and then it came back on, we can hear you, but they can't see you. I can see you, but they can't see you. So get off and then click the link back in to come back in. Okay, get off. Yeah, get off and then click the link to come back in. Oh, so hang it up. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, family, uh, I saw that as well. I'm, that's what I was doing. I was looking down. So y'all just give him one second. His phone had froze, uh, had overheated. So I guess it when he when he came back in, we can hear him, but we couldn't see him. So when he comes back in, we should be able to see him again. So y'all just give us a little a little um, time. But what he's describing right now is his his experience that he had uh, while in prison. So when people talk about what are the brothers doing for, what is the teachings, what is the nation doing for brothers in prison, preparing them like this. Can you see me? Let me so can y'all see them now, family? Hold on one second. Okay, yes, sir, we can see you. Go ahead. Okay, good, my brother. All right. So, you know, brother, then the brother, you know, he started uh, pretty much, brother, you know, he started teaching me, brother, in a way I needed to hear it, put it like that, you know, just straight unadulterated truth. But he was a very educated brother. He had been exposed to a lot of things in his life. He was a young brother as well. And uh, every question I asked him, man, you know, he answered it. I asked him about the moon. The brother broke it down, you know. I asked him about, you know, the earth. He told me how much it weighed. I asked him about water. He taught on water, brother. Then, brother, we got into, he started teaching about the black man is God. Hmm. Brother, you know, I had, listen, brother, I had been exposed to five percenters. I've been to New York, you know, when I was young and everything, but nobody had taught me 
in this way. I've heard the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan a few times, went and watched a couple of, you know, videotapes when he was incarcerated, even participating in the Million Man March while we was incarcerated, which made history. So I've been exposed, but it was just this particular time of my life, brother, when I was ready. You know, they say Islam comes when everything else fails. And everything was failing for me, brother, because no matter what I kept doing, brother, with regardless of being so-called college student, things just kept failing for me. I got in worse and worse situations every time. So this brother just started teaching me, brother. And then I asked him finally about the sun. And the brother talked very little on the sun. But he told me why he talked very little on the sun. And so therefore, brother, you know, I started challenging him. You know, you know, you think you smart. You got a little college degree. I'm talking to a brother who don't have a college degree. I didn't know how wise the nation of Islam really was. You know, I really didn't, brother. You know, I looked to the minister and I seen some fairly not good examples of those who said they believe, which had put me in the belief that everybody pretty much was the same. You know, everybody was faking. You know, just keeping it real. I was at this time 23, 24 years old. And his brother, man, he reached me, brother, and he started teaching me. And he said, brother, you ready now? And I remember I'm sitting on the top bunk and he's standing up and he's talking to me. And the brother said, I got something for you. Now, in federal prison, you're not supposed to have a video. Now, in certain prisons, you can, but this particular one, you're not supposed to have an audio tape cassette player. You know, we have, we have what you call a, a, a radio, but he had a cassette player. He was kind of, you know, he had, had it. He was hooked up a little bit, brother. <laughs> so this brother pulled out a tape player, put the tape in, put the headphones. I remember the whole process, but he plugged it up and he said, listen to this. And brother, no, before then, brother, first he handed me a piece of paper and it was from the final call, but it was copied out of the final call. And I started reading it. This is the part that you were talking about. And I started reading it. When I started reading it, you know, I was there, brother. He had me going, brother. And when I started reading, I heard a voice in my ear like I'm talking to you right now. No, this is why I'm still fired up. People say, man, you're fired up, you're pumped up, calm it down. But I know what I experienced. And when you experience something like that, you know, Malcolm had his own experience. And you never hear Malcolm deny it. No matter where Malcolm went, you never hear him deny his experience. And I can't deny my experience. So as I'm reading this article out of the final call, I'm looking up at him. Because I'm thinking something wrong, brother. I'm really thinking, like, what the world's going on? And as the, every time I put my head up, the voice was stopped. But when I start back reading, every word I read, I heard a voice read it for me. So I looked at him. I said, brother, I hear something. There's a voice in my head. And he's looking at me. I, he had taught me nothing about radio in the head. We had not even gone that that deep into the teachings yet, brother. And I'm reading, I keep looking up at him for about probably about a minute, two minutes. I keep looking. I said, brother, I didn't say brother at this time because I wasn't even using it. I was like, man, you know, I hear something in my ear. And he's looking at me perplexed. And he says, you ready now? And I said, all right. So then he takes the headphones, he put them on my head, brother. And it's a it's an audio tape playing of Power at Last, the minister at uh, Madison Square Garden. And the minister teaching hard. I mean, he's teaching hard, brother. And I look at Adam and I say, this is the voice. This is the voice. And he say, brother, that paper is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said, that voice, that's the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, brother. I said, that's the voice, brother. I have not been the same from that, that very day. I listened to the tape, brother. I laid down. It was so heavy on me. I'm only 24. I just turned 24 years old. Literally, the same month that I turned 24 was at the end of February, beginning of March in 1997. And I, brother, started, you know, brother, just, I just laid down. You know, that was heavy for me. I listened to the man. I had all this knowledge. Now I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my life? You know, this is where I was in the valley of decision at this point. And I knew that it was literally at a situation in my life. I'm talking about in my, in my state of being, brother, because of what had come to me at that particular time, I knew that I had to make some serious decisions about making some changes in my life. Was I going to change or I wasn't? So I weighed on it. I told a brother, I said, brother Kevin, 
You know, I called him brother at this time. You know, out of respect, brother Kevin, I'm going to lay it down, man. And I laid down and about five something in the morning, I woke up. And I got out my bed, brother, and I started washing my face. You know, they got those little mirrors that are made where you can't break them. It's kind of like, you know, have you ever seen those steel mirrors with the steel toilet and it's built into the sink and everything? And I'm hitting the button and I'm, and a little spout of water comes out. Every time you hit the button, the water come out for about 10 seconds. And I'm washing my face and I'm looking in the mirror and I have locks in my hair. And brother, when, one time I looked up, I just started crying. And the brother wakes up, he sits up on his bunk and he says, he says, hey, Larry, you all right, brother? And I look at him and I said, brother, I got it now. I got it. He said, you got it, brother? I said, I got it, brother. Finally, finally, brother. I said, I realized, man, you know, I've been dying, been willing to die for nothing. But now, finally, I'm willing to live for something. Mm. Never forget it, brother. That's those are my exact words to him. And to this day, this brother looks at me and he says to me all the time, whenever we see each other, we talk, he say, brother, was, I knew there was something special about you. Everybody laughed at you. Why did everybody laugh at me, brother Ben X? Because that morning I walked out when they called for breakfast. I walked out. I went and talked to a barber, found the barber, told him I'm cutting my hair. He was like, you cutting your hair? What you cutting your hair? I said, brother, I just I just want I, I went from using the word nigger. The day before, now you know my homeboys and everybody are there. I went from being nigga this, nigga that, F this, F that, cuss words, to the very next day, I'm brother this, brother that. I mean, just complete change. I cut my hair that day. People thought I was losing my mind. They really did. I shined my boots. I went and ironed my clothes, starched my clothes up real good. And brother, that day, brother, I accepted my own and became myself, and I have not looked back. And people laugh, you know, they laugh like, brother, you're all right. We don't see many people do this, man. You're all right. <laughs> you know, they, I'm getting my hair cut. People in the barbershop in the prison, they're like, you know, they, you're all right, young blood. You know, I'm like, don't call me young blood. You know what I'm saying? Don't call, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really changing my life. Well, months after that, brother, people saw I was serious. People see me now, they see I'm still serious. And so that's 22 years ago, over 22, 22 years and about four months ago. I've changed my life, brother. I have not been the same ever since. I know what I heard in my ear. I ain't spooky. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in no, you know, spookism and all that kind of stuff. I'm not crazy. I'm very sane in my mind. But I know that experience and that experience alone, brother, has transformed my life not only transformed my life, it transformed those when I was in prison, it actually inspired some brothers who was at the prison as well that was with me. It inspired them because they saw me change and they saw how I began to grow. And um, brother, you know, I haven't looked back since, man, you know, and now those brothers, I've still, you, you've met when you came into Fayetteville, North Carolina, you met brother Frederick. You know, brother Frederick was an FOI at the time in prison. So he saw my, my, my change. So, you know, these brothers, man, have seen it. My family, I called all my family from prison that very day. I called everybody I could, but I, you know, I had some friends who told me, man, okay, man, I'm going to talk to you later, man. You know, before my little 15 minutes was up, they were like, all right, man, I'm going to talk to you later, man, because they thought that I was losing it, man. Larry, losing his mind up in there. But really, brother, I had come into my right mind. Mm. And so that change alone, brother, you know, now to this very day, those people who I called who thought I was losing my mind, they see the works, they see the accomplishments, they see the team of Christian, Muslim, agnostic, those who don't believe in any religion, but they believe in God. They see the works now and they see that I continue to give the credit to whom credit is due. And that is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. If it wasn't for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan standing back up, I don't know where any of us would be. You know, so I'm so grateful for those who are maybe watching or seeing me break down and cry in front of the minister. You know, it was my second time encounter, my first time meeting him. He probably don't remember Brother Mustafa don't remember. I cried then when I first met him, but it was a more brief encounter. But the second time when I was able to meet him, brother, and it wasn't me saying I want to meet the minister. It was Brother Mustafa who just said, hey, let me take you to my dad because we happened to be in the area. We was in Flint, Michigan hours before that delivering water 
uh, to those who were incarcerated because, you know, everybody was delivering water to people who was, you know, in the, in the communities, but nobody was delivering water to those who were incarcerated. And our brother Abdullah, who is a prison reform minister of the Nation of Islam, he came up with a suggestion with that, you know, he said he would like to donate water to those who were incarcerated. And me and the brothers, you know, that who were there at this particular Savior's Day at this particular event, we heard Brother Abdullah say this at one of his workshops, and we said, hey, let's get together, let's do this. So we did it with Brother Abdullah, and we came and counted with the minister, brother, and when that was coming from the minister, all that that was built up into me hearing the minister, and I've heard the minister speak before then, but I didn't know that was the voice. And what was so ironic about it, brother, was that the way the minister was teaching on power at last was the same way that his voice was in my ear speaking to me he was not speaking calm like i'm talking he was teaching so every time i read this article if anybody out there who has the message to the black man it's a particular page in the message to the black man where the honorable elijah muhammad is teaching about a crop and he's comparing the land to the woman and he's talking about planting the seed in a woman the brother had handed me this article that's always in the final call and the honorable elijah muhammad is saying you know wouldn't you like to plant your seed in a farm, wouldn't you like to have good soil? And Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teaching on that. And this is what I was hearing, but it was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's article, but it was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's voice that was in my head. So when I met the minister, brother, it was a true honor because when I said that you saved my life, he truly not just saved me life, through him, God has given me life, brother. And not only through him has he given me life, but now God has blessed me to also pour what God has blessed me with into others. And I've seen and I watch their lives grow. So Islam for me, brother, what it has done for me, brother, it has made me so humble. You know, it has humbled me, man. It has made me so grateful, brother, that it's hard to remain or stay depressed. We all get down sometimes in our life. But all I have to do, brother, is reflect on where I came from and where I came out of. I come out of prison, brother. I came out of the hole in prison. And to have these teachers to come out now to own my own school. If anybody's out there seen the movie Hidden Figures with Miss Catherine G. Johnson. I met Miss Catherine G. Johnson in 2009 and our organization, Project Second Chance, our nonprofit organization, which was kicked off in 2009. It was me that Miss Catherine G. Johnson gave me the permission to start using her name publicly because she didn't want her name known publicly. It was me, brother. If I would not have had the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, I would not have challenged such a brilliant sister with the little bit of knowledge that I have to explain and teach to her that it's important that the children knew who she was while she was alive. And that argument alone, brother, having a living example in my life in the minister, knowing how powerful that is to have a living example. You know how people say they got mentors, but their mentors, Malcolm X, their mentors, Marcus Garvey, their mentors, Martin Luther King, or, you know, brothers who are no longer in our midst, who are great brothers, but who don't live, Frederick Douglass, who are not living in our midst. We can't see them. They can't tell us when we're wrong. They can't give us the updated speeches according to the times. So I taught this to, and mentioned the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to Miss Catherine G. Johnson, and mentioned the, how he had an influence on me and how that changed my life, how it was very important that she allowed us to take her name, along with my wife, my mother, my father, a team of other brothers and sisters who were sitting there at the particular time. And, you know, people, some people were looking at me like, man, you talking to Miss Catherine. You know what I'm saying? Miss Catherine was then was about 91 years old. And you don't, you don't challenge Miss Catherine. And Miss Catherine told me right then, she said, I'm going to let you use my name. I'm going to do it. And from that point on, brother, she came into Fayetteville, North Carolina. We took her to a high school. She came into the high school. Um, some of the children were so blown away by the experience. She was so blown. She was walking at this time. She was so blown away by the experience. And then she gave me permission, brother, to take her name to the world. And that's when I took it to uh, 
different people in the community who had influence. I took it to the doctor, the Benjamin Chavis, uh, who was the former president of the NAACP. Then he got it to Russell Simmons. Um, he had even actually mentioned it to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And then we start taking it to everybody, brother. And it was her daughter who told us to take her mother's name, who is no longer here, Miss Connie, told us to take her mother's name to President Obama. And she would like to know that her mother's name was mentioned before he got out of presidency. And President Obama, brother, did mention her name and actually called her and gave her the greatest honor that a civilian can get from the White House, gave her the medal. Miss Connie had passed away by that time. Nobody knew Miss Connie was passing away. She was the key of also getting her mother to allow me to use her name because she knew she was dying at the time. Nobody else knew that she was terminally ill, not even Miss Catherine. And she passed away, brother, without you know any of us knowing until she went right into the hospital. And then uh, that's a whole nother story, but she passed away days after that. And I just took it upon myself to tell, I mean, tell the world what her daughter told me to tell the world. And then, of course, you have other people who came and, you know, we are the first city in Fayetteville, North Carolina is the first city to have a Catherine G. Johnson Day. We established that in 2010. Fayetteville, North Carolina is the first place to ever have a building named after Miss Catherine. We have the Catherine G. Johnson STEM Institute that I didn't build it. However, I was used to get the name uh, from Miss Catherine to get permission. I was the one who actually took the paperwork to get Miss Catherine to sign her name. We have the Catherine G. Johnson STEM Institute that is for children in a charter school here in this city. Very beautiful building, nice technology and equipment inside of it. And then years later, after we kept pushing it, uh, through social media, through Facebook. Then, of course, the sister wrote a book. And then, of course, you know, it's like, brother, you know, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. You know, being a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you have to be willing to make sacrifices and things we're going to suffer that maybe other people are not going to suffer. And what do I mean by that? You know, being a brother who came out of prison, being a brother who is not going to deny the, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I don't care what anybody offers me, I'm not going to deny him because this brother gave me a new life. So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. What do I look like trying to deny a man who gave me, you know what I'm saying, life, who gave me everything I have right now? I, brother, I don't know if I would have made it out of prison with a little bit of knowledge. You ever heard, Brother Ben X, where they say, the knowledge that got you into your mess is not the same knowledge you can use to get you up out of your mess. Mm. And so that knowledge that got me into prison, brother, I, it couldn't get me out. You know, I've been to trial, found guilty, and nothing was working, brother. It was only until I accepted the teaching of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as taught by the minister, brother, that my life immediately, brother, I'm talking about immediately, brother, changed. And so my connection to Islam and loving the minister coming out of prison, of course, then they're not going to use me. <laughs> they're not going to use me to push the Miss Catherine G. Johnson's name. So, of course, NASA and people saw that. We were pushing her name, so then it came like hip-hop. They said it got hijacked. The movement got hijacked. But, you know, the agreement with the Honorable Minister Lewis, the, the agreement with the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan that I made with myself, likened to the agreement with Miss Catherine G. Johnson. I told Miss Catherine that I wasn't in it for the money. I'm not in Islam for the money, brother. You know, I told Miss Catherine that I was doing it from my heart for the children. I'm in it from my heart, brother. I'm in these teachings from my heart, brother, because I love the truth. And I love what the truth has done for me. And I love what I've seen has done for so many other people. And I know that to me personally, brother, 
This is the only thing that's going to save us, that's going to truly get us to the level where we need to be. Not saying that it's not going to be a combination of everybody else's help that comes from different walks of life. Of course. But I believe the one that's going to truly spearhead, that's going to get us where we need to go, is the teaching of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So with Miss Catherine, anybody has to be willing to understand that when Jesus said to my Christian brothers and Christian sisters, pick up your cross and follow me. And remember, if they hate you, they hated me first. You got to understand that you can't love Jesus and not be willing to be persecuted. You can't love Moses and not be willing to be set up by Moses to be destroyed. You can't love Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon our beautiful brother. And don't think, brother, that there's not going to have to be a jihad within yourself to take place. Brother, you can't love Malcolm X and don't think that you're not going to have an enemy that's going to rise up against you. That may be your own brother. That may be your own sister. That may be your own husband. That may be your own wife. Maybe your mother, maybe your father. It may be your best friend that you have done all kind of things with and got away with it. But then when that money is offered to them, brother, when that dollar comes to them, you'll be surprised what people would do for money. So it's the same thing with Miss Catherine G. Johnson. She gives us the credit with Project Second Chance. When we went to NASA, we've been invited to NASA two times, brother. And we went, we went, it's... It was only because of the teaching of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that I've had an influence and those around me had an influence on Miss Catherine G. Johnson that now she's a household name. If it wasn't for the teachings, I wouldn't have had nothing to say to that sister. <laughs> what I'm going to say to this sister, you're saying, little brother coming up out of prison, what do I got to say to a sister that's, I mean, literally a genius, a walking genius, a walking calculator, literally. But it was the teachings that brought me to the level of a brother that comes out of prison that can still have an impact on a woman who's 91 years old. That's mm. what Islam has done for me, Brother Ben X. You understand, yes, brother? Yes. It has truly, brother, revolutionized my life. Of course, I've had my ups and downs in these past 22 years. But look where your brother's at. What other brother, as I tell people all the time, what other brother, what black man you know that came out of prison that owned not one, but two schools, has five children, got a wife, got a mother-in-law working with him, have employees, as we've employed as many as 16 people. It's summertime, so you know you have to, but when we get back jumping, as many as 16 people and employing black people with different religious backgrounds and still teaching a curriculum that's unapologetically black. And a lot of times, Brother Ben X, in this truth, a lot of people come in and the first thing they think that they, you know, they want to go and attack and is the white man, the nature of the white man. But my biggest struggle, brother, if I've learned and I see it's our people's biggest struggle, which I take, you know, these teachings and I'm so grateful for them because understanding black people's nature. See, we got a we got a dual struggle because we've almost been taken completely up out of our original nation nature so now when we're dealing with black people we're dealing with people who are not themselves but we got to still understand and try to comprehend and keep in my mind while we're dealing with them the nature of the black man and the black woman that's a hard thing to do brother it's easy to point out the white man's flaws and it's easy to learn the white man's flaws it's easy to learn his nature but the most difficult thing that has been and we can see it within our organizations brother is being to deal with our own brothers and our own sisters man Hiring them and keeping them on the board because they're easily to walk out on you and go right back and working for the enemy again for a dollar. So this is what the teachings has made me, brother. It's made me patient, brother. It's made me humble. It's made me grateful. It's made me thankful. You know what I'm saying it's created a love within myself and put a love within myself for my people. That is unapologetic, brother. And if I don't get the recognition from Miss Kathleen Johnson, the Islam, you know what it's done for me? It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? If I don't make get the money, if I don't get the grants that I see other people getting, brother, Islam's done for me, it don't matter. You understand? It's giving me a foundation to stand on, brother, without wavering. You know what I'm saying? My actions may waver when I was going through the process. You may fall back into the mud a little bit with human beings. But me bearing witness to who is the Jesus in our midst, I don't waver on that. Me bearing witness to who saved me, brother, 
and me giving credit to a brother who came to another black man, a young brother who walked up to me. I didn't just say, you know, brother, you meet people just say, man, you know, they just woke up. I'm woke. And then they start studying and they get all this knowledge and you'll never really see them giving no credit to nobody that's living. I give credit to whom credit is due, brother. I thank God for brother Kevin X. I thank God for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I thank God for all those, whether they Muslims and Christians, brother, who have breathed life into me since I've had this truth and before this truth, brother. I give credit to the living people, brother. And I miss, I give credit to you. You keep me inspired, brother, seeing a young brother like yourself, brother Reza. You said seeing y'all brothers put the work in that you're putting in, fired up the way you fire. That's inspiration, brother, because I was your age when I came into this truth. And brother, I, you know, when I first came in, I thought we were already, brother, be saved and we already be resurrected. I thought we'd be all right by now. But look, brother, 22 years later, we still in this condition, man. And what gives me hope is when I look at brothers like yourself, man, and I see you teaching something that I was teaching 20 years ago. And I see you teaching that and I'm like, man, this is still needed. And I don't have to do it because God has now raised a brother like yourself up. Raise a brother like, you know, sister, uh, what's the sister in uh, Chicago, brother? Uh, the young sister. She's I know who you talk. I know who you're talking about. I, can't. Mind, just, I know her name, brother. But brother Reza, you know, but just 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 these sisters that you see in the young sister, you know, just seeing these people teach, brother. That gives me that gives that keeps me fired up, brother. So Islam, what has Islam done for me again, brother? It's made me love the youth. You know, brother, you can deal with a lot of the brothers who are 20 years older than you, like myself, and they hate on you. They tell you to calm down. Man, you don't know what's Sister going Kenya. On. That's her name, Sister Kenya. Sister Kenya, brother. I know the sister's name, brother. It's just, just my mind is so deep into these teachers right now, teaching, brother. Sister Kenya, you know? And so, brothers and sisters like y'all, man, y'all give me hope, brother. You see the minister, 86 years old, brother, 40 years older than me. Boy, I'm only 20 years older than you, brother. He ain't hating on you. You see? So that's what Islam has done for me, brother. It has saved me, brother. Truly. So those tears, brother, were very sincere in front of the minister. I cry again, brother, because everything, the calm sitting there, the, the, I mean, the children I have, their names, Kali, you know what I'm saying, Jabril, you know, Kadir, Zaima, you know, I mean, brother, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be here, brother. I wouldn't even be in their lives the way I am today if it wasn't for Islam. And again, I want to just give credit to what credit is doing. Islam, not taught as according to how the, our Arab family teaches it, as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's what saved me, brother. That's what saved me, brother. And that's what Islam has done for me. Praise be to Allah, family. Well, we definitely enjoyed uh, your testimony. I'm looking at the comments. You probably can't see it. You probably gonna have to go back and watch it, but they loving the interview, man. They loving the, uh, the comments. And before you get out of here, I want you to tell us where can we come to support you? Because I like how you mentioned the schools, because oftentimes we say, man, when, when are we going to build this? When are we going to build that? And it's like, we put so much energy into telling people what needs to be built. But when these things are built, you know, there's, there's a lack of support and some of these things have to close down. So where can they go to donate if they're in the city and they just want to offer some help? They may have some skills. Where can they go to find out what you're doing and where can they go to support? Oh, man, I think his phone and overheated again, family. Oh, so we're going to see if we can get him back in. I'm sure his phone has overheated, family. But I know it is ProjectSecondChance.org. Uh, and that's two, the number two. ND project second chance.org. Uh, I'm glad the brother was able to get what he had to say out before his phone overheated. It looked like it overheated again. My phone has done that a couple of times, man. But I appreciate everybody who has tuned in. Uh, I believe the brother does have Instagram, but that is not where he usually posts a lot of his content. If you're on Facebook, go to Larry Rivera. That's R I V E R A R I V E R A. Larry Rivera, and that's where he goes live at on there. He shares some of his, a lot of things that he's doing with the youth, the students and things of that nature. So follow him on Facebook. That's where he's actually active at. And that's brother Larry Rivera. 
But I thank everybody for tuning in, man. Please make sure y'all share this with your family and friends. Uh, what I'm about to do now is kind of I'll show you guys this. You can you can see some of the stuff that he's doing with the youth here. That's his school family. You know, so the brother does great work in the community. Here's another another uh, thing that's at his school as well. So the brother is very active family with the youth. Look, here it is right here. You can see the brother getting it in. Yeah, I'm right now. I figured your phone went hot, so right now I'm sharing some of the some of your uh, stuff on social media. <laughs> You got with Thank the you, and everything like that. So uh I don't know why this phone heating up, so I don't know if we heating it up or something, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. We heating it up. So I was I was asking you to kind of share with the brothers and sisters where can they go to donate, you know, Project Second Chance. How can they support the school if they're in the city if they can offer some of their skills or whatever? Where can they go to support you? Well, listen, brother, I would like you know everybody to go to project is project two ndchance.org. If you want to go, you can donate in PayPal right there. I greatly appreciate it because you see the work that we're doing. We've been doing camps since 2013, 2015 is when we were able to first uh, begin and open up our school. And then uh, from there, we've just been working in every dime and every penny that you invest. I mean, you look at many of people. I've raised no more, Brother Ben, a year. We raised no more than about $10,000, $12,000 a year. The rest, Brother, comes from family. It comes from those, uh, you know, who are, you know, just close to us brother who are investing and just believe in what we're doing and so brother we've just been very blessed but i ask anybody want to go project second chance or you can go to the website also you can go to bym if you want to see what we're doing byma it's bymacademy.com bymacademy.com you can see the works that we're doing you can see things that we offer at the school you can go to my facebook page as well and I'll be doing a fundraiser, hopefully, Brother Ben X, within the next 30 days. You know, I don't I don't do too many fundraisers, but, you know, I mean, there's some people who donate. And, I mean, we I mean, monthly twenty dollars. People think that they'd be surprised how far five dollars go. I could take five dollars sometimes, brother, and take the children and go into food line, brother, and buy some popsicles, man. You'd be surprised how much that takes a load off of brothers like myself who are out here truly that's in this. I always say I'm all in. Brother Ben X, you've been out here a couple of times. You know, yes, sir. I, I mean, I'm I'm truly all brother, you know, because that's what Islam has done for me. It's made me feel obligated, brother, as a black man that I have to be given back. And I've really given my entire life when I put it out there on social media that I'm all in. I mean that I've given and dedicated my life to this man. And it's taxing at times. I just wanted to share that with everybody, you know, that coming to this truth that is taxing. You're going to have. You're going to see other people who may get more support than you do because they don't bear witness to this truth. You know, you got a lot of people who take this truth and then they, they act like they're not teaching this truth. But it may attract the many of people, man. But they'll never, they'll take this truth and use it and then deny the very people who they got it from. Mm. They'll deny the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. They'll deny the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. But then attach some kind of way to Malcolm X, which those of us who know this truth, you never heard Malcolm X deny Master Father Muhammad, who had a white mother, you know what I'm saying, and who had a black father. You never hear him deny that he had that experience when he was in that prison cell. You never heard him say, well, I was lying, you know what I'm saying, when I had that experience when I was inside the prison cell, so I take that back. He still believed in these truths. He was just a brother who was got upset just like any of us, brother. He was a young man who was tested before many of us have been tried. He's an example for many of us. So I just wanted to say to all of you that it's a big struggle, but the rewards, brother, oh, man, it's worth it, man. You know what I'm saying? It's worth it, brother, the struggle, the battle, the opposition, and then you come out the winner, and God show you every time that this truth is real and that it is what he say it is. And he'll do for you what is done for Malcolm, what is done for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, what is done for Mother Tanetta, what is done for Sister Ava, you know what I'm saying? What is done for Brother Ridgely Mumin, who's over the Muhammad Farms. Just hear these testimonies. Hear the testimonies of the brothers who walk with the Honorable Minister Louis Farm, who see him every day, who know his lifestyle, who are not guessing, who know it. This is real, brother. You know, and it's hard for me to come on here and just ask for donations or you know, to say if you donate, yes, it's going to be used wisely. Every penny 
you see, Brother Ben has been out here. He bear witness. We give it back to our community. We give it to the children. And 10 times that, we provide it right back to the children. You're not going to get rich overnight. Because if you got the kind of heart that we got, Brother Ben X, the more money you give, the more you give back. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you feel obligated, man. The more God bless you, you go and you give it right back to your community again. Because you see that this is what is needed. We need more brothers and more sisters who are going to be less judgmental of one another and unite in our differences. You know, Brother Benex, when you're breeding animals, if you ever have a friend that breeds dogs, not just pit bulls, I'm talking about German shepherds, I mean, uh, boxers or shih tzus or, you know, uh, cocker spaniels. I've known people who breed them all. Even you, what you want to look for, you breed for what you want, but after a while, you have to always go out and get something that's got a little bit different bloodline and bring it into the bloodline because if you if you're only around people who are just like yourself all the time you're going to become extinct this is why when we look inside society we see that the animals that survive it's the differences that they have when a storm comes you know since some that couldn't swim some that can some that have a gene weak gene in this area and strong gene in this area amongst the group that's how they survive because of the differences amongst them when they're breeding, you got to breed. You have to call it crossbreeding or outcrossing. When you breed outside of yourself, you see with, uh, what is it, Prince Harry over there in England. Every so many hundred years, they always bring a black woman into the fold to breed because you need differences. Queen Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina is named after a queen. The current queen of England right now has black blood in her. They even know the power of differences. You see, the Christians, the Jews, they work together. But we, as adults, we'll say and we'll look at our bloods and our crips and our gangster disciples and our ill rookings and our vice lords, and we'll tell them to stop tripping about their differences. But then we'll do the same thing in religion, brother. We'll be gang-banging in the name of consciousness, gang-banging in the name of being woke, gang-banging in the name of religion. So, brother... I just tell everybody out there, when you accept this kind of truth in your life, don't be afraid to bear witness to those who gave you this knowledge, who are fighting for you, and support them. More than you go support the brother who got a sneaker line out. Support those who are putting this kind of work in. It don't have to be Brother Larry. It could be Brother Ben X. It could brother be, be Brother Reza. It could be Sister Kenya. Support those who are putting in this work because it's not easy. And truly, there is a sacrifice being made every day. Praise be to Allah, man. Well, I appreciate you, brother, for coming on. Uh, you, you know, continue to keep up the good work, man. It's always great to see all the pictures of the youth and everybody on there, man. So I just thank you for coming on the platform, sharing your testimony. Yes, sir, brother. And don't forget to teach on July 4th, brother Ben. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace, everybody. Peace. All right, family. So that was a wonderful great interview um the brother spoke about july 4th it is our founders day it is the day that master farman far muhammad came and made himself known uh without master far muhammad there will be no nation of islam there will be no the knowledge that we have and that we're teaching today the honorable Elijah muhammad talked about being with master far muhammad you know day and night for three years and he acquired this knowledge and we thank them both for leaving in our midst the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So you have many of us today that are celebrating the so-called Independence Day of America. But what we're doing is, and the reason I want to get somebody on today in particular about what the Nation of Islam has done for us, is because this is the time when Master Father Muhammad came, not you know for Independence Day of America, but to bring us true independence as a people. He came seeking that which was lost, and that was us. He really came and fulfilled that scripture where he would come from the east to the west like a thief in the night and take us who was the tail and make us once again the head. He gave us the reality of God. He gave us the reality of the devil. He gave us the reality of heaven and hell. And he gave us, most importantly, family, the reality and the knowledge of ourselves. And I believe it's the knowledge of self. And the proper wisdom and exegesis that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gave us that would save us or help us save ourselves. 
It's not for them to come do every single thing for us. It's not for an 86 year old man to come to every single city and do something for us. He's supposed to wake up the guy within us mentally and spiritually, give us life so that we can go do these things ourselves. Because if we depend on one human being, if we depend on one man, then he didn't really do his job because what we're doing now is worshiping a human being. And once that human being is gone, we're going to say, oh, man, what are we going to do now? Everybody asking right now, what are we going to do when the minister go? Well, we're going to get to work. We're going to continue to do what he told us to do. We're going to feed on the knowledge. We're going to feed on the wisdom. We're going to feed on the understanding to continue to make a nation and a life for ourselves, our family and our community. So today we're celebrating uh, uh, Founders Day, the day that Master Father Muhammad came. I don't care what y'all think about it. I don't care if you think he white. I don't care if you think he blue, green. He gave us knowledge itself. He the one who taught us and gave me the knowledge that I'm not black because I'm cursed. I'm black because I'm first. He's the one brought that knowledge that we are the real mothers and fathers of civilization. That the God, that the black man is God. That God is a being with force and power and being that we are the original people, not black because it's our skin tone, not black because it's our race or nationality, but black because black is the essence from which all color comes from. So it gave me the knowledge and the love because the, the, the proper love for self and knowledge of self produces love for self. The proper love for self produces respect for self. So being that we have the knowledge that produce everything else so we can build businesses. We can build hospitals. We can build restaurants. All that is good. But the minister said that's on the horizontal plane. We need that vertical plane to where you can have the uprightness, have morals, have principles, have knowledge, because it are the it is these things that is going to maintain the horizontal things. It's going to take a human being to maintain them schools. It's going to take human beings to maintain that restaurant. It's going to take human beings to maintain whatever we build. And that's why we have to value being built up as men as women, men and women. We have to value waking up the black man and woman. We have to value raising them up to a certain level of consciousness that leads to an effect that makes them righteous, civilized human beings. So that's what this is all about, family. So I'm going to start going live. Everybody wants to wants to come out and give their narrative and their perspective about the nation of Islam. Where it's time for us to give our own perspective about what Islam has done for me. See, if you ain't never been to no mosque, if you ain't never joined no organization, if you ain't never been in the ranks of the FOI and the MGT, you can get what you've seen. But see, you got to get with somebody who's been FOI. Get with somebody who's still MGT and let them tell their own story. And that's what we're going to do, family. So if you want to come on next or in the upcoming uh, episodes about what the Nation of Islam has done for you, hit me in my email bookbrotherbenx at gmail.com and just put in the subject line nation of islam testimony hey family listen i know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020 we want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be we want to help bring that vision back so we have a crazy bundle for you going into black friday this bundle we got purpose to profit which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get private banking blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Banking Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today. Huh? Go to bookbrotherbenx at gmail.com. And in the subject line, I, I want you to put... Nation of Islam testimony. And I want you guys to come on and share what the Nation of Islam and what Islam has done for you. With that being said, man, y'all have a blacktastic day. Assalamu alaikum, which simply means peace be unto you. Peace out, family. Black genius is a beautiful thing. 
you can defeat white supremacy with black genius. Oh, yes, you can. Not this time in the Seattle Foundation is bringing you another special event. It's time for us to save ourselves with that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and through the men who are in our midst guiding us. 750,000 people marched all over the world. We just literally shifted American culture. It's not that I'm anti-immigrant, anti-anything. What I'm saying is I'm talking about pro-black. Nobody talks about what has happened to my generation, our age generation in the 90s, on people who've been locked up in the pen. And if you valued yourself a little more, you would be a little more careful about who you out there sleeping with and who you out there just giving yourself with, knowing you have value and that you're a treasure. Don't miss our third conversation with the streets, with our special guest, Brother Ben X, activist and motivational speaker, Tamika Mallory, activist and national chair of the Women's March, Teslin Figaro, Bernie Sanders' former national staffer and current Fox News commentator, and the co-founders of the Not This Time movement, Andre Taylor and Dove, on Wednesday, the 24th of July, from 5 to 9 p.m. in Seattle, Washington, Seattle City Hall. Just click the link below and get your tickets now.